What's up, guys? Welcome back to the Glory UGA Podcast. I'm Tyler. Here with me on the other end of the line is my co-host, Curtis. And on today's show, we're going to talk a little bit about the win over LSU on Saturday. This team is trying their best to keep whatever small infinitesimal hope that there might possibly be for a potential insulated tournament berth. Keep that alive, uh, I guess at least for the time being. Uh, but it is the faintest of hope. So we'll talk a little bit about that. But more so today, what we're going to focus on is the... FBI investigation into college basketball, and uh, what we're going to focus on, obviously, since we have not been implicated in this investigation, we're going to focus on what this investigation might potentially do to Mark Fox's job status, what impact might it have on his job status as we move closer to the end of the season. So we'll get into all that here in just a moment, but just a few quick reminders for you guys. You guys can follow us on Twitter, at Glory underscore UGA. Definitely love to hear your thoughts on What's going down uh, with the basketball program as we near the end of the season and get your take on what we should do with Mark Fox. Uh, So definitely check us out there at Glory underscore UGA. You can also find us on a bunch of different podcasting platforms out there if you did not already know that. Uh, Of course, you can find us on DogSportsRadio.com or you can download the uh, DogSportsRadio app straight to your smartphone. If iTunes and SoundCloud work for you a little bit better, you can find us there. You can also find us on the Stitcher and TuneIn apps as well. Thank you. To everyone who has taken time to um, rate and review the show, we got a couple more uh, last week, so we definitely appreciate that. And if you get a chance, you have not done so, it would be awesome if you could just take a second or two and give us a rating and review on your preferred platform. All right, Curtis, let's go ahead, man, and let's start talking some basketball here today. And we are going to start with the win over LSU. I don't want to completely gloss over that because it was a nice win. Uh, like I said, if we want to keep any possible hope, although those are the faintest possible hopes you could have right now but if we want to keep anything alive we absolutely had to have that game um we scored 93 points 93 points in regulation by far our highest output of the season so Kurt, i guess my question for you as pertains to saturday's game is how did this team a team that has only scored in the 70s in regulation three times in the over the course of 15 conference games and coming into this game, had not scored more than 73, 73 points in regulation in any single conference game to this point. How did that same team manage to put up a 93 spot on LSU? Um, I think the biggest thing, the biggest difference was LSU just had no answer down low. And if you looked at it, I mean, especially the first first half, I mean, we were, t- we were not shooting that well. So we were missing a lot of open threes and things. We were just killing them on the offensive, uh, offensive board game rebounds, getting points back up. I mean, I think that was the biggest thing that helped us. Yeah, we actually got the ball inside in the post, which, you know, if, if you watch out the season, not to say that we never get it down low. Of course, we try to at times. But how many times have you seen a season where we flash open in the post and just nobody even t- attempts to execute an entry pass? Uh, all, the all the time. All the time. And then clearly – that's the strength of this team is is what we can do in the paint. Uh, but we don't always get the ball to those guys in the paint when they're open. Uh, but we did we did on Saturday, and they definitely not only did we get the ball in there, but they also they finished, they executed there, which was nice to see. Uh, we controlled the boards like we should have against this team. I also think it helped uh, that Reith, uh do up Reith there. I I I know Waters has a lot of pub for being potentially LSU's best player, but Reith over the past month or so, has, I think, been their most consistent player. He got in early foul trouble. He's their big man down low. He's a versatile big man. Uh, when he got into foul trouble, uh, that kind of opened the doors for Yante to kind of completely dominate the first half. Obede had a nice first half as well. We were just scoring around the basket at Wilkes. We didn't shoot the ball well from three. I think Crump was 0 for 6 from three. 
I think we ended up, what, 5 of 22 on the game, like 22%. So it wasn't that we were just, you know, launching and draining threes all day long. We were just getting the ball close to the basket, and we were finishing when we got down there. We shot 49%. I mean, that, for this team, that's that's unheard of, 49%. Uh, did, you, did you notice, I, at least, and tell me if you disagree, I felt that we tried to push the pace a little bit more so in this game. I think Fox kind of took his foot off the brick a little bit. Did you notice that at all, or am I just really making that up? I mean, we were getting sh- uh, shots earlier in the shot clock, which we don't usually do. I mean, usually we shoot pro- around the 15 mark if it, or later. I mean, that's usually when we get our shot, but we were getting up some yeah. shots a lot quicker. Um, yeah. But, uh, yeah, I did notice that. We were, and I also, you know, one thing I noticed a couple of times is we actually got some transition points. We, we don't get transition buckets very often at all, because typically when we force a turnover on defense and we have opportunities to get some points in transition, we pull it out. Even if it's like even if we have numbers, we typically just pull it out uh, and try to play the half court, which makes no sense if you look at our ineptitude in the half court. I never understood why we do that. I think that's one of the issues that we've had all season long. But in this game, that wasn't the case. When we got opportunities to push the pace and we got some transition opportunities, we 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 absolutely were aggressive in those in those situations and got some some easy buckets. I mean, Rayshon Hammonds had clearly his best game this season. Um, like no questions. I mean, this guy's been struggling offensively all conference season long. I mean, he, he had a solid non-conference slate, but it's just been, really been a struggle for him for most of the, of the conference schedule. But he's come on a little bit of late, uh, had some double-digit point efforts, but he, he had a huge game, definitely his best game a, a, as a Bulldog. 21 points, 8 boards, did hit any threes, though. Got a lot of his a lot of his work was done, uh, again, kind of like Yante, close to the basket, had a couple of and one plays that he finished. So, we had some of those opportunities, and we, we just capitalize on them. A lot of times we just we don't capitalize when we do get chances, and we certainly did that. I do think we pushed the pace a little bit more. We got we got up 61 shots in this game, uh, which is not an overwhelming number of shots, but when you look at the rest of the SEC slate, uh, the 15 other conference games we play this year, we've got we put up an average of 53 shots a game. So, you know, if you put up seven, eight more shots a game uh, and you're converting those or they're close to the basket – then, you know, that's, that adds an extra 10, 12, 13 points to your totals there. And now that doesn't quite fully account for the 93-point explosion, but it gives you an idea of where those 93 points came from. So uh, just an all-around, I mean, one of the better efforts we've had, we were up, you know, 15 points most of the second half. They ended up pulling to 11 uh, by the time the game ended. But this was a game that was really never in doubt. Uh, kind of wish we would have seen some more of these performances earlier on. Maybe would have been in a better position to potentially make the tournament, but... Too little, too late for that right now. I had to basically win out and then win a couple games in the conference tournament to, to even throw a thing about that. I guess it's possible, highly unlikely, but maybe possible. So while it was definitely nice to get a win and see us play a little bit, I guess we could say competent offensive basketball for an entire game, which is just not something that we do on a regular basis. But as I said at the outset, I also today, kind of more so than talking just about the LSU game, I want to take a look at the bigger picture here today. And uh, if you have not heard, which I'm sure most of you have by now, uh, all of you listening to the show are clearly sports fans, so I'm sure you have heard the news of the FBI investigation, what they've been doing. Uh, but if you haven't, they the FBI has targeted cheating and bribery in college basketball. Yahoo Sports published an article late last week uh, naming names. You know, we, we'd heard that this investigation was kind of percolating, but we didn't. We had there was kind of some uh, speculation out there on who it might be. That there was some a kind of vague idea that it was some big name people, but we didn't know. But Yahoo Sports named names. And they uh, named a number of big-time programs, high-profile players and coaches. They were implicated in this story, uh, and that was and that that uh, that report was based on documents obtained during the discovery process, which apparently detailed that the FBI has intercepted more than four thousand calls over the span of 
roughly a year. And they also, on top of that, they have balance sheets, they have expense reports from one NBA agent named Andy Miller who uh, did run a sports agency called ASM. He's since lost his NBA licensing or his agent licensing for the NBA. Uh, and uh, so they've, they've got all those expense reports from him that list specific itemized account amounts that were spent on, or in some cases loaned to players, in an attempt to get them to sign with ASM once they declare for the drafts. They also have over 3,000 hours of conversations from uh, the phone of one of Miller's ASM associates, a guy named Christian Dawkins, that has implicated Arizona Sean Miller. And this is uh, the report that Mark Schleyball from ESPN came out with. Uh, so he report, Schleyball reported that those conversations were caught on tape. Uh, and Miller was caught on tape with Dawkins discussing a potential $100,000 payment to freshman Phenom and, and definitely future lottery picker. He, he might have, but with, with the Hawks, you never know. Uh, DeAndre Ayton. And the thing is, like, all of this is coming from just one sports agency. And it doesn't even involve the shoe companies, which is also a big part of this investigation. It's kind of what got uh, Rick Pitino over there in Louisville. So bottom line is, college basketball recruiting is dirty, and everyone has known about it for a long time. Let's, let's not make any bones about it. People have known about this for a long time. But the NCAA is toothless, and they could really do nothing about it. They're powerless. They have, don't have subpoena power. However, the FBI does. they got a few more strings to pull. And now the FBI is stepping in to expose and hopefully clean up the underbelly of college basketball here. So after all that, how does this relate to us? Well, here's how. With, with, the, with these bombshells being dropped, there is an increasing amount of speculation, at least in the circles that, that I run and people I talk to, that this FBI probe and, and these scandalous revelations, they might actually have an impact on our head coach, on Mark Fox, and might potentially save his job given that he is a guy who has done things, quote-unquote, the right way, which I, I largely think he has, and has not gotten caught up in this scandal. And as, and now that this has come out, it's clear that he's probably been fighting an uphill battle and playing on an extraordinarily uneven playing field. So, Kurt, my question for you here, we'll start with this. Do you buy that? Should Mark Fox get at least another year because of these FBI revelations? Uh, my biggest thing is, what is it going to change? I mean, he he has stubbornly been who he has been this entire time he's been here. I mean, for for people to think that we're going to change all the time, I mean, just and that, you know, we'll change the program because of this, I really don't see it. I mean, with, with the best player that Fox has had in the last 10 years, we don't even make the NCAA tournament. So these people that are saying, oh, well, we got these good players coming in, that right there, to me, right away is not enough because we wasted... Those good players years. are not until 2019, by the way. For all those people out there that keep talking about the recruiting classes, those two players that you're talking about, the five-star guys, are 2019 prospects. They're not coming in next year. Exactly, and I think that's the biggest thing. And even then, I mean, we had two years of Contagious uh, Caldwell Pope, who, who in the second year was the SEC Player of the Year, and we didn't even make the tournament. So, I mean, right well, there— It's a repeat this year. We, we very likely had the SEC Player of the Year this year, Neonte Maiden. Exactly, and we, we won't make the tournament. So I, I want to point out the fact that just because you, you think potentially, oh, these good players will come in, they'll save him. I, I mean, he hasn't shown that he can do anything, do something special with that before. And that's why I go back to he is who he is. He has never tried to hide who he is. He has stubbornly always been who he is. And that, um, and I think that's what most of the Bulldog Nation is frustrated about is while the game is changing. I mean, the players and all these other programs, they'll have some of the better players. But while the game is changing, he has stubbornly not changed. And I think that's what's frustrating frustrated us, us more than anything because we can't compete with a lot of these other teams. I mean, if we would just run a different system instead of trying to be who we are, because that system is not going to beat some of the other ways the team, these teams play. I think all those points are very fair, uh, and I don't really disagree with you too much there, but 
just playing devil's advocate here, and this is kind of just what other people are saying. It's like, well, all that might be true, but wouldn't we have more wins? Couldn't he have more tournament appearances if other teams are not cheating to get some of these high-profile players? And he's not doing my, that. Here's my thing. Uh, you and I were talking earlier today. You said, well, we usually beat Auburn. All right, well, all right, so Auburn's gotten good in the last couple of years under Pearl. Well, what about the seven years or six or seven years before Pearl got there and we were beating Auburn? We still only made the tournament twice. Yeah. Oh, no, no, absolutely. No, I, I totally see where you're coming from. I, I, I don't – I mean, I know that here we are on a podcast. We're supposed to have hot takes. And I mean, there's not that many teams out there in the SEC that are openly cheating that are going to beat us. I mean, or that we are going to go out there and beat – Even if they weren't cheating, right? Like, if Kentucky's not cheating, are we still going to beat Kentucky consistently? No. Probably no. not. Probably not. Uh, like if Arizona is not, not not that we play Arizona, but like if if Arizona is not cheating, are we going to be competitive with Arizona? No, they're still probably more not. Program. Almost all those top programs that are being named are still way more attractive to top players. Yeah. they have to do it to compete. They're not cheating to beat out the teams like Georgia. They're cheating to beat out teams. each other. Yeah, they're te- they're cheating to beat out the other blue bloods. Arizona is mean, cheating to beat out Duke in North no Carolina. Yeah, absolutely. I one hundred percent agree with that. That's one thing I look at here as well. I mean, I have that in my notes here. Is, and no. we don't play that many blue bloods. That's the thing, too. Like you said, I mean, we still wouldn't beat Kentucky. No, we wouldn't, because I, I really think. I mean, because that's that's one of the arguments that people are saying. Well, how can you expect him to compete against these teams if if he's not recruiting on a level playing field? I'm like, dude, even if he was recruiting on a level playing field against those guys, we're not getting prospects over those guys. I mean, fixing the cheating ep- epidemic is not in that. Okay, that might put us on a quote unquote more level playing field, but that's not going to truly. In reality, it's not going to put us on more level pl- playing field against the big boys because. Aren't those elite prospects from Georgia that we're missing out on? Like the Wendell Carters, the Colin Sextons, uh, the Tony Parkers back in the day going to UCLA. All those guys in Georgia and the Southeast. Are they not still going to go to the bigger blue blood programs regardless yeah, if you take the paying and bribery out of the equation? They're still going there, aren't they? Yeah, they were never going to go to Georgia. I mean, this year, this is probably one of Kentucky's worst teams and probably since Cal- – probably, I mean, probably Calipari's second worst team since he's yeah, been Yeah, the there. only one team and, that can make the tournament. That was injury-based, but yeah. And we still can't beat them. Absolutely. I mean, look, those schools, even if you take the paying and the bribery out of the equation, those blue blood programs, the Arizonas, the Kentuckys, the North Carolinas, the Dukes, whoever, those schools simply have more to offer than we do from a basketball perspective. They have more tradition from a basketball perspective, better coaches, more fan support, better facilities, more prestige in general, more attention is paid than they're on TV more, more people talk about them. We're we were even if you take it out of the equation, all the paying and the bribery, we're not. We might get a guy here or there that just really wants to stay home, but we're not going to compete with them on, on the recruiting front, regardless. So, no, we're like you like you talking about the national exposure. We're lucky to get one or two games on the main ESPN channel. We're usually ESPN two, ESPN U, SEC Network. We're never the prime time. SEC only if we're or, playing Kentucky, usually. Exactly, that's my thing. Like those people, like you're saying, the people that want to say it's because of the cheating that Mark Fox has no, not been good. All right, that would stop us from being, you know, maybe the top three team in the SEC, but it's never stopped us from making the tournament. It will see. Okay, that's where I might. I I think the people that 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 point to the FBI investigation is as a reason to give him another year. That's where I think they might potentially have yeah. a point because and just hear, hear me out on this one. I think they're just using an excuse because we have elite, uh, that's the bottom know, line. We have cowards at the top of our program. It's as simple as that. They're all cowards, and you know they're afraid to make a decision. And this makes their this makes their life easier. It makes it, it it's, it's it makes it very easy for them. They don't have to make a tough decision. There's no doubt. Yeah, they don't have to make a tough decision. They get to shield themselves. And when the backlash starts, they'll be they'll be oh it was the FBI stuff. You know, we just want to give them another chance. They're just they're just covering their butts. Yeah, I I, I do agree with that. But just kind of play devil's advocate here, just. 
Because I, I, in some ways, I do kind of see where people are coming from, and to a small degree, when they're saying, "Hey, this should give this should give Mark Fox here." This this kind of puts into context why we've had more struggles than some of these other teams, and why we've had so much trouble getting over the hump. I get it to a degree. I lean more towards the side of like, okay, well, let's just like like you like what's it, like, giving him one more year, even with the FBI investigation, what's it truly going to change? I lean more to that side, but I'm not going to completely dismiss uh, just out of hand the idea that you know we haven't been playing on a level playing field, and that because I think that certainly has impacted our program to a degree because i mean look you and i we talk about this a lot the biggest issue every year in every single game when you watch us play i mean i, I was thinking about this when we were playing uh uh playing south carolina last week it's like even south carolina like we simply do not have the players to compete at a high level night in night out we just don't have those players like yante maiden is great he's fantastic but outside of that we have a bunch of okay-ish players at best we just don't the have the players. I want to bring up, though, too, is you have to look at some of these games we've lost this year. The Vanderbilt yes. game. There's, they, there's no excuse. Yes. Uh, the I Auburn have, yep. game, we're up 16 and a half when we go almost 12 minutes without scoring a basket. That, that's ridiculous. But, uh, that, mean, that, that is ridiculous. Auburn country. is better than us. But that, that is that is extreme. You're right. That yeah, Auburn. They're better than us, but you still don't go 12 minutes without scoring. And, and below 14 point half time. Like I, I give you that. Well, there's a, I have this in my notes here. Like This, this season alone, okay, we've lost to Vanderbilt. Uh, what, an 11-win Vanderbilt team right now? Vanderbilt, San Diego State, and Massachusetts, okay? In South Carolina twice. twice. Are you going to tell me that any of those teams have been cheating? No. No no way, but we we got blown out by Vanderbilt. Got blown – well, we didn't really get blown out by South Carolina, but we really weren't going to win that game. Yeah, we we did. We did. Uh, I was talking about the first time around, but we were never in that game, even at home. San Diego State, who is an okay team in the Mountain West, Massachusetts and the A-10, they're they're not good. Those those teams aren't cheating. They're not cheating, and we still can't beat them. Last year, we lose to Oakland. Is Oakland cheating? Belmont. We lose to Belmont. Are they cheating? No, and if we were only losing to the teams that we're cheating, I can understand the argument. I might feel for it. I might agree. But we're not only losing to those teams. I agree. Even I mean, Missouri. Yeah. Tennessee, Chattanooga. We lost to Tennessee, Chattanooga in 2015. Lost to Louisiana Tech. I mean, guys, I mean, those teams aren't cheating. All right? And that, we're on a level playing field with those teams. In fact, we, we are a step above them. Like Oakland and Belmont, they're not on a level playing field as us. They don't have the resources to offer players that we do. And they still beat us. So That's I mean, what I'm saying. I mean, like, like I said, if it was, if we were only losing to the top teams, I may feel for them, but that's not the case. I do. I, I this, that's that's where I lean. But I, oh, and here, this is what's gonna happen though. Next year, the, all you'll we won't be that good next year because we won't have that many go to scores. And then the whole argument will be, well, we're having to replace Yante. Just like so this year, because Fox uses this all the time. Almost, I swear to God, almost every press conference after a game, especially one that we've lost. Well, you know, it's just really you know we're having a, still having a tough time trying to replace JJ Frazier. It's just we're finding out that's a really hard guy to replace. And he's simply saying that, basically saying, hey guys, this one's not on me. You know, we we had, we had to replace JJ Frazier. I, I deserve another year. It's like, dude, it's your job to have a guy in the pipeline to replace him. Sorry, that's your job. Well, exactly. So next year it'll all be about, oh, we're having to replace the SEC. How, how do you replace a guy like that? Yeah. So how do you it's do just that? Gonna be this, that's why I said. That's why I have to understand if I really, truly thought something was going to change. But nothing's going to change because that's who Mark. It's Fox the cycle is. of mediocrity that we fit in our basketball program. Like, I'll give Fox credit. He's he's stabilized the program and gotten us to a point where we where we're a good team. Like, we're a good, solid program. But that's like. 
we've hit that plateau and it's just this cycle, this cycle of mediocrity, this cycle of being pretty good. And we have yet to get out of it. I don't know that this is an FBI investigation. People are thinking that this is going to like completely revolutionize the sport. And it, it might, it might change recruiting, but it's not going to change who the blue bloods are. And we're not a blue blood right now. It'll well, take a decade for that to happen. Well, the NCAA's NCAA's way on the FBI investigation could be complete because they can't subpoena anybody. So they're relying entirely on the FBI's investigation. Even then, though, these kids have openly been named in Discovery and stuff, and NCAA's saying, screw it, keep playing. Like like Aiden, like the coach? like (laughs) That's hilarious. Sean Miller, which rightfully so, should not have been coaching, but you're going to play the player that he was allegedly giving money to? What? Basically, Arizona was like, screw you. It was the middle finger on the air straight to the NCAA. Like, you can't do anything. Sorry. They gave him the option to decide if you wanted to coach or not. The NCAA didn't even force him. They wrote a letter saying it's up to you in the school. I mean, uh, you look at uh, Michigan State, uh, Miles Bridges, he got cleared to play. All these kids are still Colin Sexton, Alabama. Yeah, until I – and I honestly don't – the NCAA has not shown that they have the – The way it's structured, they they, they are made up of the member institutions. The member institutions are the ones that have to give them more power. They're not going to do that because they don't want to be policed that much. They have no subpoena power. They can't force anyone to talk to them. They they, they simply can't. I and mean, that's why Auburn has gone away in football for so much. They go into the Cam Newton stuff. Like they can't force anyone to talk to talk to them. It, it takes it takes a disgruntled person who has an axe to grind like a Leo Lewis of Mississippi State to rat on Ole Miss. That's what it takes. It takes someone who has who is disgruntled, who plays for a rival, who has some dirt on them and wants to talk. Unless you have a situation like that. Then it, they can't do anything. They, they can't. That's why they're. That's why they're stepping away and letting the FBI do their thing. Is the FBI actually can subpoena you, can force you to talk, and and they have. They just have more tools at their disposal than Sibley ever does. So I don't know, but I, I will say this, I, just in in defense of Mark Fox and this whole FBI thing, because I do kind of see where some people are coming from. Uh, like I said, I, we don't we don't have the players, and that and that that and I've always put that on Mark Fox. I've always pointed at Fox and saw his recruiting shortcomings as a deficiency. Because uh, we saw all these talented guys from Georgia leaving the state, uh, and we lamented his inability to keep those guys home. I know I have openly, and and the people that supported him would always point and say, "Well, you know, he's not going to cheat to get his players." And and I, to me, that always just sounds like an excuse. Like, well, you know what? Just dude, just get the job. I don't care if you're cheating or not. Like, I mean, I don't want you to cheat, obviously, but like, you can't use that excuse. You've got to find a way to win games. But now here we do have verifiable evidence that 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 was indeed the case. That he was trying to recruit. The right way, while the guys he's recruiting against are clearly doing things, you know, the unethical way. Uh, and when, but the one thing I want to point out about that argument is, you know, we brought it up, I think, two weeks ago. We were talking about the Auburn, that Auburn team. There's only one player on that roster of the kid, Georgia kids that we even recruited. The rest we didn't even go after. Right, so I, right. if we were in a recruiting battle for them, I could understand that argument. But some of these kids we didn't even give give looks to, offers to. Exactly, and that's my next point here. Because when you aren't able to sign the big name guys. Uh, the, the essentially can't miss guys, those lottery pick guys, you are forced to rely on your evaluations. And you got to take chances on project-type guys that you think you can develop, which is an entirely hit-or-miss proposition. And your evaluations don't always work out. You might hit on some under-recruited guys like a J.J. Frazier occasion that nobody wanted. A Yante Mate in the Michigan State didn't really get involved until the last second we were able to take him out of Michigan. A guy like Nimi Jurisic from overseas. You can hit on some of those guys and develop them, and they, and they turn out to be big-time players for you. But then you also, when you have to rely on your evaluation, take chances on those project-type guys, you also miss on guys like Turtle Jackson. Remember Tim Dixon? Will yeah, Will, exactly, Willridge. Remember Tim Dixon and John Cannon? Remember those guys, those bigs? Yeah, they didn't. <laughs> yeah, they don't, they, they don't pan out. A guy like Mike Edwards. you got to take chances on guys like that, and, and sometimes your evaluations don't pan out. And that's, to me, that's what creates the, the consistent inconsistency in our play, is we get some guys that we can develop and that we 
really kind of evaluate well and get those guys in the program and develop them as big-time players. But more often than not, at least 50-50, it seems like, we our evaluations don't turn out well. And that's, that's a shortcoming of Mark Fox. He's not developing some of these guys. Yeah, there are some high-profile guys that he has developed. But there's also some – there's a ton of guys, a laundry list of guys that he's taken chances on that turn out to be absolute abject – I don't want to say failures, but just completely misses, 100% misses. Uh, and I don't know, but I'll say even if you're not getting paid uh, – like even if you're not getting those blue-chip type guys, like even if they're going elsewhere, like I don't know – it, let's say if they if they fix this right if they fix this situation the way the recruiting is structured, is there a chance that we might get one or two of those blue chip guys? That's why I'm kind of stuck. Like maybe one of those guys will stay home. Maybe uh, a window card says, you know, what? I'm I'm only going to be in college for a year, so I'll stay home for it. You could say that, but the, the fact of the matter still comes down to the fact that they can say I'm this guy. I produced these players. Mark Fox can't. That's true. they just had more of a track record. That that's and they yeah, have one, and they have they're selling a blue the, blood program. The, the other programs will recruit and say, "Why go play for him when he can't even develop players? He has he has proven nothing. You won't fit. If you want to get exposure, come play here. We'll be on the national spotlight. We'll go to the national tournaments. Play the good competition. He you he'll play a slow down system, which will stop you from scoring. Fair, fair. I mean, yeah, I, all that is fair. Maybe maybe you just maybe one of those guys just wants to stay home, and it's like one of every. Three to four it, years. Like, I don't know. Those, those staying homes are. Lo- it's it's not like football where you can build a team of those like you can in like Georgia no, you now, can't. where they, where they are thinking, all right, we can win a championship if we stay home. That's not the case in Georgia. They never sit there thinking, all right, we'll win a championship. That's true. That's true. Uh, I don't know. And I, I would also say one more thing. Like I honestly believe this, and this is where I'm kind of I, I kind of see what people that lean towards this side what they're saying here, at least in this way. I think you have to factor in how many more games a year. We would have won. It's hard to say. That's the thing. It's hard to say because this is only the tip of the iceberg. And this is one aspect of the FBI investigation. This isn't everything. It has nothing to do with the shoe companies, which is another part of this. And I have a hard time believing that this Andy Miller guy from this ASM sports agency, I have a hard time believing this is the only sports agency that was doing this. So we really don't know right now how deep this goes. We just know what we found out right now. The FBI has like what thousands of hours of, of conversation, thousands of phone calls. Like it's, it's just craziness what they have. Um, but it like. Could you not see a scenario like if this had not happened over the past nine years? Is it not good for at least another like maybe two or three wins a year, possibly? Well, but like I said, I mean, before Auburn and everything, we still weren't making the tournament. Before a lot of these teams were cheating, we still haven't been making the tournament. Yeah, I mean, I see that, but like, but well, most of the time, like we've we, Alabama with Colin Sexton, so we've shown that we can do it. But our right, thing about this, if we would have just beaten Vanderbilt, be, sure. split one with South Carolina. You know, yes. San Diego State. Don't lose San Diego State. Don't lose UMass. Yeah. If we would be in the tournament, it wouldn't even be an argument because those laws, because those schools would say, all right, we understand these these are the top teams. I mean, we go out and we beat Florida, Sweet Florida and things like that. We beat Tennessee once. We have, like they said, if you look at how, like the top 50 wins, we have like six of them. So it's not like we sh- couldn't make the tournament. Yeah, we have like six quadrant one wins right now. That's yeah, crazy. It's, it's like we've done it, we just don't do it consistently. And we, and we lose the teams we shouldn't lose to. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, we can't so, string I mean, anything together. Yeah. We're so inconsistent. Like we we get a, we get a nice two game. Uh, you know, we get the, the Florida win and we get a win at Tennessee, and then we go out and look like trash against South Carolina on the road. A team that we're better than. I mean, honestly, I know we've lost them twice, so it's hard to sit here and say that we're better than. I think that we have better players than them. I really do. Now they have better shooters than us. I'll give them that. But like they don't have Deontay Maiden. They they don't have him. Uh, and maybe it's a little far saying that we're better than them. But like we should not get dominated two times in one year by South Carolina. 
We should. Yeah. They're not that much better than us if they are. I mean, they might maybe maybe I was going a little overboard. Maybe they're a little bit better than us. They, you know, don't beat us twice by accident. But it, they're not that much more talented than us this year. They're really not. So it's just I, that that's what I come back to. I, I really do. Uh, and I also want to throw out this too. I and mean, you kind of touched on this earlier. Look, a lot of the issues that have been plaguing us under Mark Fox have absolutely nothing to do with any cheating or bribery going on. Like the substitution patterns, his playing favorites, uh, and the jerking guys in and out of the games, and, and like having short leases for some guys and not for others, uh, refusing to take his foot off the brick offensively and allow our guys some freedom to make plays. Do those things change just because the FBI is cracking down on cheating and bribery? No. They don't, those things don't change. That's who Mark Fox is. And you were saying that earlier. That, that is who Mark Fox is. And to me, that's the ultimate argument here is like, just because the guys stop cheating, number one, we're not going to all of a sudden start beating those programs. Even if they can't pay those guys, we're not all of a sudden going to start beating those guys for those elite, you know, one-and-done type prospects, those elite prospects, those top 10, 15, 20 guys. And Fox is not all of a sudden going to start changing his colors of who he is as a coach. He's still going to do the same thing. So why would that end up changing the trajectory of our, our program moving forward? I really just don't see how it would. Um, I mean, I, I, if you're going to say, well, maybe we get another win or two a year, maybe that's the case. And considering that we have been on the bubble, uh, I think for we've got well, there are three years on, in Fox's tenure where we had losing seasons. Six years, uh, we were got in the the other six years we got in the tournament as a ten seed twice, and the other four years we were squarely on the bubble, just barely missing out. So maybe if you get another win or two, you can find your way to sneak in. But again, you're right; it's not that we're like we're probably going to lose, but. Most of the time, we're going to lose those big-time programs anyway. We're going to lose the Kentuckys and the Floridas most of the time. What we need to be doing is being the teams that aren't cheating, which we don't do consistently enough. The Vanderbilt's, the San Diego State's, the Massachusetts, the Oakland's, the Belmont's, Louisiana Tech's, the Tennessee Chattanooga's. We can't lose those teams. And last year, in 2016, if we beat Oakland, there's a very good chance we're in that tournament. Or very, very close to it, I'd say. Very close to it. In 2015, same thing. Lose Tennessee, Chattanooga, lose to Vanderbilt. I mean, come on. You can't do it. You just can't do it. Can't do it. All right. Well, last question here for you, Curtis, is I want you to put your Greg McGarity hat on. I know as painful as that is for you. Does Greg McGarity keep Mark Fox at the end of this season? Has this FBI investigation given him the excuse he wants? As simple as the fact is he he won't do anything because he's a coward. I'm leaning that way. I honestly think – I don't think it should allow him to keep his job unless we go on a run here and win out and somehow sneak in the tournament. So I want to see how it plays out first and foremost. If we beat A&M, that's another quadrant one win. If we somehow figure out a way to get the, the road win at Tennessee, it's another. That's like eight quadrant one wins. That's 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 tough to keep a team out with with that resume, even as even with some of the bad losses that we do have on the schedule. That's tough. That that we would be we would have a I would say a realistic chance. Like we would be a strong candidate to, to sneak in at the end there, maybe get one of the play-in games, depending on how we do in the SEC tournament. But that's that's not likely. I mean, come on. That's just not likely. It's, it's possible. It's just not likely at this point. We gave, us, gave ourselves a chance with this win over LSU, but come on. It's just it's not likely. Uh, but I'll say, if we can get a win at home against AM on Wednesday, even if we lose to Tennessee on Saturday, and we end up the regular season 17-13, and 8-10 and 10 in, in conference, I say yes. I say they keep him because, not that I think they should, I think they will, because Mark Fox is somebody who is very much liked within our athletic administration. He does a really good job playing the game, and they really like him. He's a nice guy. I mean, really just about everyone that interacts with him likes him. He's a good guy. And that's one of the reasons, like, I don't, I don't like calling for anyone's job. I don't want to see anyone get fired. I want Mark Foster to, to do well for our program, and so he can keep his job. I don't want to see this happen. But he's well-liked. 
And so they have been looking for reasons to keep him for years. I mean, think about it. What was the excuse a couple years back? They, they trumpeted that, that we got, what, three straight 20 wins, that whole thing? They, they used that to justify keeping him. They ju- then they used, well, we just barely missed out on the tournament. They used that to justify bringing him back. Well, then Yante's coming back this year. They used that to justify bringing him back. Well, now they have the FBI investigation to use to try to justify bringing back a guy that they like and are comfortable with. Uh, and then you also have to factor in, now I don't know this is for it to be 100% fact, but there's... The word is Greg McGarrity's nearing retirement. Uh, he's got maybe a year or two left here. Uh, and I really don't think he wants to have to be the one to make the decision on Mark Fox. I think he would truly, deep down, rather leave that to his successor. I could totally be wrong there, but that is just the vibe I get. Do you get that vibe? Oh, yeah. Is that what you're talking about with him being a coward? I mean, that's who he has been the entire time he's been here. I mean, he's always, like we said, he's always been reactionary. And that's just who he is. He doesn't like to. He doesn't like to make the tough decision unless it's just someone he doesn't like, like a Mark Rick. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, I don't know if you did. You hear any of Mark Fox's comments after the game when he was asked about this uh, whole FBI investigation deal? Yeah, he's pretty much playing like he's the whole. Oh, he's like, playing the card. He's playing the card. He's playing the victim. He, he's he's laying the groundwork, creating that narrative. You know, if you guys didn't see it, so he says, "quote." I'm disgusted. I'm disgusted with how people have treated our game. It's absolutely disgusting. There's always going to be unethical behavior. Uh, then he goes on to say, uh, da, 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 da. so you play a baseball game and your team gets four outs per inning. My team gets three? That's not fair, he said. Uh, the way people treat our game, it's just disgusting. Uh, I sat down my team. I sat down and we talked about it. Talking about with his team. I sat my team down and we talked about it. Why it was important in life to do things the right way. End quote. Uh, Here's another one. I'm past anger, sadness. It's disgusting. We're really hurting the game, which has been so good to everyone. The game that educates kids. Uh, here's one more. Most of those things that occur happen in the shadows and the darkness. So most of the time, nobody finds out, even though you know. Your instincts tell you what's going on. Until the FBI got involved, people didn't know it. So absolutely, we've had situations where we didn't get players because of that reason. End quote. <laughs> he's, he's clearly laying the groundwork and trying to use this to make a case to keep his job. Um... We'll see how it plays out. I don't know. I honestly don't know. What, I, I, I could see it going either way. But just knowing how our, how our athletic administration operates right now, I would lean towards they're gonna, saying they're going to keep him. I really I really think that. I really think this FBI investigation has given them the pretext to bring him back. I, I do. I do. We'll see. We'll see how it plays out. I don't know. Maybe we should find a way of sneaking the tournament. I, I, highly unlikely again, but I guess there's there's a chance. Maybe. All right, guys, that does it for us here today on the Glow UJ Podcast. We definitely appreciate all of you guys taking time to listen to us and support the show. We really do appreciate that. Uh, Check back with us later this week. We'll have our Football Friday show up on Friday. But for Curtis, I'm Tyler. And as always, go dogs.